This, of course, is Bringing It Black, the show where we share, celebrate, reflect and discuss on all the things that are going on in the UK's black communities. And today is no different. We're going to be getting into creativity, what it's like to work in an industry that is not always set up for you, the challenges, maybe the setbacks, but also how can we overcome that and find the positives and find the joy in that as well. Bringing it back. Okay, 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 let's get into the show. And I'm just super excited to be sharing the studio with a gorgeous girl <laughs> today. Shah is on Bringing It Black. How are you doing, my love? Hi, hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Do you How know what? You? You're good, you're good. And <laughs> as soon as you, like come to the mic I'm like yeah she's got a voice for radio oh my god that's the nicest thing I've ever heard really I'm taking that to the grave that compliment (laughs) right let me paint a picture for the listeners right because it's hard when you've just got voice to go off sometimes Shah has got the braids down to the butt right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very fresh, looking gorgeous in like a centre parting. And um, yeah, we're kind of friends from Insta and a night out a couple of months mm-hmm. ago. A night out with Lamar. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Makes it sound like it was just you, yeah, that me, was, yeah, that's what it, yeah. and Lamar. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm, what it was. Mm-hmm. And no one needs to think any differently. <laughs> um, but... Tonight's show, we're going to get to know you a little bit better and some of the talking points that you're bringing to the show, which I'm obviously super excited to get into. So for the people that are listening, tell us a little bit about Shah. Hi, okay, so I'm Shah. I'm a black creative. I'm a recent graduate. I graduated technically this year, but I finished last year. Yes. I studied animation and I currently work in a TV production company. And yeah. Whereabouts in London are you from? I'm from West. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're in the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love West. We love West. I'm from yeah. West. I work in Central. Okay. Yeah. How's that? I mean, do you know what? I need to move soon. But like, Go. you see, like the way the cost of living is going, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I need to move soon ASAP. But yeah, traveling from where I live is just long. I live like Hounslow. Okay. Yeah. Is that on the Lizzie line? No, oh no, no! Oh. It kind of like just misses us. It's so annoying. They need to dig it up and rebuild it. I'm on it. Piccadilly. That line that was just causing me trouble today. So yeah, it's all good. We're here now. We're here now. Yeah. Okay. So you're like kind of yeah, fresh to I guess the working world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, how did it feel, obviously, to kind of finish uni at a really weird time mm-hmm. uh, and start your career? I guess yeah. as like the world's opening up and doing bits, but did it feel a bit weird or is yeah, anything it was so weird like. Even in uni, everyone's always like, oh, how was uni? And I have to be like, oh, I went to uni in the pandemic, like yeah. in the lockdown era. So basically up until I had like first year and a bit of second year that was normal. normal. And then it was lockdown straight to the end. So yeah. it was like so strange. And then when I got my first job, I was so lucky. I got a job like before I even like handed in my last thing. Like I think nice. like maybe like the week after I handed in, I had a job secured. But even when I started that job, mm. and I'm a runner at a TV production company, I was working remote, okay. which is so weird because you're trying to work as a with runner people, as literally. well. So it's like they're telling me to do things, but I've never met half these people. It took me like a good few months before I met everyone, yeah. and then it was like that thing of like trying to you know make good connections, but it's like you don't see people, and it was so stressful. Yeah. But now it's like pretty much like fully integrated back like you're in the office and it's cool but then you have that looming pressure of like okay what are you gonna do like you've Mm -hmm. just come out of uni and i did animation so everyone's like so when are you working at disney like yeah when are you gonna be on the next yeah on the next big film and i'm like whoa (laughs) let's slow down (laughs) i don't know if you guys know how this will work (laughs) let me lay it out but you know what there might be people listening who 
have friends in those situations and they think, yeah, why can't you just hand your CV in to Disney or create something for Netflix? And why Mm -hmm. not? So I do think we should get into that during tonight's show, like the kind of roots in, because we're Mm -hmm. in very different disciplines, you know, and that's also another thing. The creative industries, I call it plural, because it covers so much between art, design, fashion, writing, Mm There's loads, but people's jobs can be so far removed and so different. Mm -hmm. I think what I want to start with is why did you choose to study animation? Well, I feel like a lot, like a lot of people, I just loved it from a Mm. young age. Like I like writing, I like drawing. I've always been that kid drawing or writing something. And then animation made the perfect sense because it was like, I can draw my own stories and do you know what actually triggered it for me? Like, Loki, I feel like this was the main thing. You know Take On Me by Aha, the yes. music videos. <laughs> when <laughs> I was younger <laughs> and it was like this animated thing and it was so cool. It was like a rotoscape animation and I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And also like Disney films and whatever. And then I was just like, I just want to do it. Like, I love that. And yeah, I decided when I was like 11. Yeah. And I always knew that was what I was going to do at uni. But then I never told my parents until yeah. like, yeah, 13. Oh. That was a tricky. That was a tricky time. What did they say? What was their reaction? Selling, well, they're like African. Like I'm Ugandan, and so they were thinking, yeah, she'll do like law or like something that will like get me like good money, like a good mm-hmm. job. And my dad wanted me to do um, social work because that's what okay. he does. And then I told them, and they were just like, nah, like you're not gonna make not money. Funny. Like yeah. this is not gonna go well. Blah, blah blah. But I just stuck to it. I was like, look, it is what it is. Yeah, but I'd rather struggle and do something that I like. Yeah, and then give it I a go. Like now as well, I have friends who studied other like sciences and whatever and like everyone is kind of in the same boat anyway so at least I'm in the boat doing something I like this world is like burning in front of our eyes like guys just try and enjoy yourself while you're here but I feel like it's like a very Gen Z thing we've Mm. kind of grown up like in a state of crisis our whole lives yeah and so everyone's kind of just like just do what you want like literally it's it's actually vibes (laughs) it's actually vibes (laughs) okay so you kind of got past that point of you know your parents know that's what you're doing you went off to study it and what does a degree look like for animation like you know Um, is it a lot of theory or a lot of practical or yeah how does that I don't know like kind of talk us through I guess an average day yeah if you like don't know it's Mm. pretty I mean it's a lot of practical a lot of drawing and stuff but there is a lot of theory as well so when you first start you start with the basics of like animating on like pencil and paper Mm -hmm. and they kind of teach you little things like you know like how to make it look like something has weight or you know if you want something to move quick or slower like how would you sort of set that up and I personally did like 2D focus on like you know how many frames you need in a second all that type of stuff yeah and then on your like sort of theory side we also had like a sort of film class that we would do which I adored I loved my film class I had the greatest lecturer ever yeah and that was literally just about the history of film and animation and like how certain things came to be so yeah I like that a lot and what was the kind of final piece or final thing that you get graded on um, so you could pick different things. I did a final film, like mm. just a short film. A lot of people did films actually, because at that point you kind of like everyone was isolated. You have to like do it by yourself. Um, so yeah, I did like a short film that I actually never put out because oh. I never finished it the way I wanted to because of COVID. Oh. Like imagine all the equipment, yes. all the cool like drawing equipment that we get. I was just at home with like a laptop and like a cheap pad. So it was it was kind of annoying. But yeah, I did a film. Some people did um, just like. Um, like VizDev which is like the development stages so they like drew out what their characters would be what okay. their background would be but like they were like amazing like really so it's more of a 
like a work in progress rather than the finished piece. It's like yeah. showing how you would. Yeah, because when you study animation, I think a lot of people think like, oh, you're going to be an animator, but people branch off into so many different things. Mm. Like some people in 3D just do rigging, which is essentially like if you think a character. If you think of them like a puppet, some yeah. people just do the puppet, like the puppet work. Oh, amazing. And that's like its own thing. Like if you put me in front of 3D software, I would be like, I don't know what oh, that is. But yeah, some people just go into character. Yeah. I still don't know what I'm doing, but you know, it's cool. You're such a baby girl. Like you really <laughs> are new to this world. And it sounds, I think animation as well sounds like the kind of career where it can take you on so many mm. twists and turns and different paths and there's so much to explore in it. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing that you're not like, this is what it is and that's final. Mm-hmm. No, go and explore and have fun with it. I love that. I don't think I have any friends. I have, I do have friends who are animators, but I don't think I have friends where they're kind of fresh out of uni talking about mm. their animation degree or they didn't do animation at uni. Yeah. Um. So I think it's super interesting. We're going to get into it and so much more because tonight we are talking about the creative industries, what is that What that is like as a black person, as a black creative, the highs, the lows, the challenges and everything in between. Uh, and we're going to be coming up with some solutions as well. Mm-hmm. That's always my challenge for my, uh, for my guests. We like solutions. Um, but before that, let's jump into a track. We've got Van Jess here on the show. You're listening to Bringing It Black right here on my side. Bringing It Black. That was Mahalia with In The Club and um, it's been so good actually seeing her on stage and performing again as festival season is gearing up. I have to say, I feel like pumped up again because this week I've been to two gigs and I just feel like, okay, I can smell the summer, I can feel it. Um, I'm joined by Shara on the show. How are you feeling? I'm good, I'm good. How, How Yeah, I'm good. How do you feel about gigs, concerts, festivals? Are I, you into the live music? Yeah, I love live music. And it was so weird with the pandemic. You don't realise, like, how much you miss it until mm-hmm. you go to like, that first show. Uh, last week I saw Rachel Chinariri, who nice. I love. And yeah. it was just such a great, it was just such a great show. But I feel like I'm kind of over the crazy shows and like the festivals you don't need to be like front yeah i can't do it i went to reading like just before the pandemic and i was finished it ties you out doesn't it (laughs) ties you out i went to coco um this week and coco has been closed for a couple of years but they've had this like massive refurb and it does look gorgeous have you been no okay it's like the venue is so old and it's so prestigious and anyone who's anyone has performed there but before the pandemic it was looking tired it had a fire (gasps) it's like it's just been through it's been through a lot it's been through a lot (laughs) and so they spent a load of money on it and did it up i'd say from the outside it's like glowing and inside there's like gold leaf on the ceilings and like it's very regal but once you get inside, and if you're listening, like, feel free to tell me if I'm completely wrong here. But it just felt like they were squeezing the whole of London inside mm. to try and make up for lost time. I'm talking like people stand on the stairwells, like oh going my God. up. Yeah, and there's like balconies and stuff, and people were like packed in. And I was standing behind two girls who were in in wheelchairs. And even their, like, passage where it should be, you know, Mm -hmm. passage to get to toilets and things like that. And the exit was just, like, rammed with people. And I was like, I can't actually... I could enjoy the show. But you know when you're like, oh, it's like taking my mind off enjoying Mm -hmm. the show. Um, But we saw Georgia Smith, which was really fun. Oh, I've been seeing clips. That looks so good. Yeah, she was really good. She'll be around everywhere this summer. So you'll find her, you'll find her. Um, But, yeah, I think it just reminds you that... 
Zoom and all of that stuff doesn't replace yeah. being in a room with people, mm. being together with people. And that is a huge part as well of the creative industries and working in a space that requires you to think on your feet, to connect with a lot of people and mm -hmm. to constantly be like coming up with fresh ideas. Um, so we talked about how you studied animation at uni and you graduated, you finished last year, but your graduation was what, earlier this year? Yeah. How was that? Um, I, I, I'm not really like an events person. Okay. It felt like so much build up to like five seconds and I was like, yeah. oh. Okay. Uh, happy pictures. And yeah, yeah. The pictures were fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet your parents were happy. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, okay, as long as as long as someone like yeah. liked it. Um, but now in the world of work, so you're working as a runner for a mm. TV production company. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about just our general experiences of working in these spaces. Yeah. And like you said, you're recently more like in person when yeah. it started off um, online. What's maybe one thing about the job that you didn't expect? Um, do you know what? I work in TV and I feel like people hear that and they think I'm like running around on like set with like superstars but I'm in like, we're like the admin side. Yeah. And I learned that there's like so much more than mm. you think is in the creative field. Like I feel like people hear creative and they're like, oh, if I do like something like finance, I'm not in there but like there's like a whole law team, there's a whole finance yeah. team, there's all these people going around and one thing I wasn't ready for was like office, the whole office vibe. I've never okay. worked in an office. My only job before that, when I was younger, I worked in Thought Park. <gasps> no way! <Yeah. laughs> I love, but then and to me, my brain immediately yeah. is like, she's on yeah. the rise every day. <laughs> like, yeah, let me not. And then it's you. like, you jumped like the office world. It's not really like corporate per se. Yeah. I mean, my work is pretty chill, but you have that whole thing of like having like office decorum and like this office small talk. talk. And I'm terrible at those things. Yes. And I had to like really like learn what to say and like how you say hi to people how you do like the little chat in the kitchen when you're grabbing mm -hmm. the tea like that genuinely was like so difficult especially coming yeah. out of like lockdown times where you didn't have that you were in a zoom and then you left the zoom you didn't have to stand around that was you done yeah but now it's like i'm in the office like nine hours a day yeah with like other people and it's like so so strange it is do you know what i find funny is the monday mornings how was your weekend get up to much yeah not much yeah yeah not oh, much. every yeah. week every week and it's like if i actually told you what i did on the weekend no literally <laughs> sometimes you just get like a flashback to like your saturday night you're thinking oh it was just a chill one <laughs> no one's i don't think anyone's ever really honest about what they did on the weekend but no yeah but you, it's like people still ask yeah like, you have a lot of the same conversations yeah but i'm someone who like i don't know i, I kind of not like it mm. but i kind of prefer if i know what someone's gonna say yeah rather than if i didn't know okay and i feel like office talk is having the same conversation about five times a day it's almost like playing a role yeah and, and you know what the lines are yeah. so you just need to say the line yeah and also work drinks are a big okay thing. yeah i feel like drinking culture in it like in itself is a big thing in this country yeah, but like huge. yeah work drinks are people love work, work drinks for anything they will go but don't you think it's well it might not be the same for you but for me in a lot of places I've worked it's like people are very reserved and mm. I'm you know I'm happy to like talk about my feelings I'm like oh, I'm just not feeling it today because I'm on my period or whatever or I'm really tired or I'm stressed and no one else is really like that and then work drinks come and they're telling yeah. me how their brothers sisters feel yeah. say so I was like it's so weird and so then, I, feel, I always feel like after I've only been to like two free work events because mm. like COVID we're not doing as many but then it's like you see people in such a different light and then you come back to the office and it's like back to normal it's the and next like, day I saw you dancing in the middle of a, of a bar the other day like, have you had I'm guessing you haven't had Christmas party yet we I want to say we did we had like an early one I think I think we, we we skipped Easter but we actually did have a Christmas one 
that's always for me is the maddest thing right I used to have this boss who was so matey matey with me like talked to me like we were best mates mm. and we, he was only like two years older so I was like yeah yeah this guy's cool right he used to flirt with us all as well but I oh. use that to my advantage <laughs> yeah. right to just be like he likes us all so you know work mm-hmm. life is easy and um, we had our office Christmas party and obviously things were like a bit wild and on the night he was like, Mary, don't worry about coming in on time tomorrow. Like, obviously, it was like two mm-hmm. in the morning. And he was like, you don't need to come in at nine tomorrow. Like, come in when you want and I'll see you Sweet. tomorrow. And he, I think he said something about lunch. Like, see mm. you. At, maybe I'll see you at lunch. So I honestly just took that as Bible because why wouldn't I? Yeah. The way I strolled in at 11.30 and I was like smug because I was like, I'm here before lunch. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> he was like, um, Mary, can we have a chat? I was like, <gasps> no. I'm sorry, what? You're my friend, first of all. And, like, you were giving it all that. And, yeah, he was like, it's really unprofessional and you can't do that. He's like, you need to stay late tonight. And I was like, stay late? Like, come on, I'm not... You can tell me off, but I'm not at school. Stay late for what? Am I in detention? And so, literally, at 5.30, like, he left. Obviously, everyone left because they were all hungover. And um, he was like, yeah, make sure you stay those extra two hours. Babes, obviously, I was out the door ten minutes later. Like, Where did you work? Where was that? I was like, can I name names? Obviously, I can name names. Um, I worked at Comic Relief. So it was kind of TV, um, but charity. So it was almost like TV culture uh, where everyone was... It was quite a big drinking culture and whatever, but charity pay and that charity like mission. So I found it a bit confusing because some people were in that workplace because they wanted to work in TV. Mm-hmm. That was their stepping stone to like get to the BBC. Yeah. Whereas for me, I was I'd always worked at charities. So for um. me it was like, oh it's another charity. Like after this I want to go to Mind or mm-hmm. I want to go to Marie Curie or somewhere like that. But everyone else was a bit more media focused. Um so it was a bit strange and the boss actually followed me to my next job. So after oh. that job I went somewhere else and then he, after I'd been there three months, he came and followed me there. But that didn't work out very well. He didn't stay very long. Oh. <laughs> he, I, he's the kind of person who probably stalks me on socials and probably will listen to this, but I actually don't care. <laughs> Shout out to him. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I'd say that was something surprising for me about the industry is mm-hmm. feeling like at times you were really treated like a grown up with big, yeah. big responsibilities. Yeah. But then the next minute treated like you're in school and it's like, yeah. or even asking permission to go and pop out to meet someone mm-hmm. for a work thing or go and collect something. And I'm like, why am I having to ask permission? Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, that's like, there's a big hierarchy. I feel like that's that's just the way life is though. Like, yeah. you, I feel like everyone's like, oh, you leave school and there's no more hierarchy. Like everyone's oh, yeah. on the level playing field. No, you're not. Like, I'm a runner. And if yeah. you're in TV, you know, that's like the lowest rank you could For the people be. that don't know, what what is a runner? What do you do a as a runner? A runner is essentially like, it just help for everyone who's around. Mm. So like, I'm, almost like a team assistant. Yeah. So yeah, I'm basically an assistant yeah. to everyone. So if anyone asks me to do something, like help them with a project or print something or go grab lunch, like whatever it is, I'll I'll do it. Yeah. But yeah, and you you kind of like even the times when you're buddy buddy at like work drinks and everyone's like oh like chatting. The next day they're going to be sending you to go get lunch from the shop. So it's like yeah. <laughs> I feel like you have to just be aware that people at work. Is like they're not like your friends. friends and not in the sense that you're not friendly like the people I work with are so cool but mm. they're not your friends like they are like colleagues and you have to just be aware of that well, I think that's mature of you as well to like I hope that's not patronising but you know yeah. this is your first kind of yeah. big grown up job and to figure that out now yeah. for me it probably took me about five years I think it's just because I just listen to what other people say okay. like older people like yeah my older my older cousin who like worked at the same company until recently actually she's been in the industry a lot longer like yeah. 
10 more years than me. And so, like, everything she used to tell me, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember this. Like, Note that one down. And it's so true. Like, you really, like, see you see it all play out in front of you and it's so strange that is so interesting so your uh, your cousin who's about 10 years older or has about 10 years in that industry yeah, yeah, yeah. worked at the same company yeah so you could really listen how important is it to to surround yourself with people who aren't just on your level i think it's i think it's very important i feel like at like my level like all my my age group and stuff i feel like a lot of people feel like quite lost like mm. there's a lot of pressure to figure out what you're doing especially if you're creative because it's kind of like for me and a lot of my friends were like black we're like the kids in the family who did the thing we weren't meant to do okay. so there's like even more pressure to do well because if you don't do well they're gonna be like well we told you to do law mm-hmm. and I feel like if we're all at the same place it can feel a bit like hopeless okay. so I think it's important to have older people especially like black people whoever whatever you identify with have people like that mm-hmm. find them in your space and you will find them like that's what I've realized like there's just community everywhere that's like stellar advice because I definitely definitely was not thinking like that at the yeah. start I was thinking I have to prove a point mm-hmm. and I don't just want to associate with people who look like me because I want to prove a point that I can either do this on my own mm-hmm. but also just like I don't need that help yeah it's very strange yeah it's yeah very no, you strange. have that thing of like it's like there's more to prove I feel like that gets drilled into you like being black in this country as well it's like you're trying to like work harder to like do the yeah. same as other people so you feel that pressure but I, w- I was lucky like with my cousin mm. she, like we she just happened like she moved over here when I was around like 10 yeah and she just happened to like live really close by so we became like she's not even like a proper like cousin cousin yeah. but you know like she's, she's just a cousin, just a cousin. Yeah. but then we became like really close and then she did film and like she's been like working in the industry and so she helped me so much like yes. yeah and it's funny like when I got the job I at her at the company she was at they were like we need a runner like ASAP because yeah. stuff was about to open again and they were like who knows someone who's about to graduate or needs a job so everyone was like oh we all know people and then like the hiring team were like we need like a black person like because they wanted to did they actually mean, say that yeah and they were like oh just so you know it needs to be like a person of colour or like a black person and then all hands went down over my cousin <laughs> everyone was like oh, I don't actually and, like, know anyone anymore and then they had to like find other ways to like you know go through so different routes things, and try yeah. to find diverse people but it just goes to show that thing of like People say work hard, but it is actually, like, who you know. know. Because what I've learned as well, especially now, like, I've assisted in, like, um, helping them put put out applications for other jobs. Yeah. And it's actually just, like, of course, if you hear about the job first and you work there, you're going to tell someone. Now it's like, oh, someone's nephew or someone's friend or whatever. And so it can be tricky, but there still are ways, there's other ways to do what you want to do. And people, so many people are freelance now as well, so... Well, I think that's something about nepotism, right? Of, like, mm-hmm. when you are on the side where it's not benefiting you, mm-hmm. where it is that thing where people's hands go up and they say, oh, I've got someone, I know someone, or my neighbour, or my sister, or whatever, mm-hmm. and they can fill roles very quickly. People can kind of push their way up the career yeah. ladder. And if you don't hear about it and you don't know those people and you're not connected to those people, you'll never know. But then when you're in it, you find you do want to give opportunities to your yeah. friends and your peers. Yeah. It's just human nature. We exactly. want to help the people around us. And I guess it's that balance now because I catch myself thinking even I hear opportunities and I could share it mm-hmm. to my stories or to a big WhatsApp group or whatever to my network but I'm like let me just tell this one person first yeah no, literally. give them a head start yeah. you know and even a day later I'll share it or something but it's that kind of feeling of you want to see your people win yeah and maybe for white people it generally is like you, you, they want to see their people win. Yeah, I feel like the difference just comes in with like the power imbalance that we have, like Completely. in society. It's like 
we're out here like I'm thinking oh okay like if I if I leave this job but like I can I know who I can recommend like, yeah. out of my friends but I think for other people it's like we're we're like so new like black people are so new here do you know what mm-hmm. I mean like in terms of like history yeah like, we've only kind of just got here so we're still trying to build those small small connections because we don't really have any roots in the foundations like I can recommend someone for like a runner job or yeah. an assistant job but other people you know so like Fred Smith's like great great granddad mm-hmm. is going to be like the founder of the company and maybe they can come in at a much higher level yeah, exactly. than their little and mate so it's yeah. like it kind of sometimes it kind of feels like you're playing catch up completely yeah and that's not that's before you've even touched on the creative industries Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. like you said if you've got pressure from your family to get a stable job and Mm -hmm. we can't even you know when people complain about their parents they're like oh my my mum only wanted me to be a lawyer or a doctor Mm -hmm. they're not doing it out of pure like torture yeah they're doing it because they want stability for you and they you know people weren't afforded risks before Mm -hmm. and now we are in a place where yeah it's scary yeah but like we said everything seems so bleak anyway that it's like I might as well yeah and we do have more to fall back on and that's often the work our parents did and our grandparents did and yeah we're allowed to take more risks and sometimes that is just the industry you work in Mm -hmm. the thing you decide to study the path you decide to pursue but then obviously once you're in those positions so you've got your foot in the door you want to like cling on (laughs) for dear life and I think something I want to talk about as well is the difference between entering the creative industries Mm -hmm. and then climbing up because we have so many schemes right and I think um, we all know like social fixed and we know things like creative access Mm -hmm. and we know ways you know to help people get hired and help people get there but what worries me is the lack of black people or people of colour at the top. Exactly. Managers, CEOs, directors. And like you said, it doesn't have to be the creative roles, but it might be head of finance. Yeah. It might be marketing manager. And sometimes I'm like, I don't see those people. I've never seen those people in anywhere that I've worked. And I spent years at like humanitarian charity like Oxfam right mm-hmm. and everyone's there on this mission oh we've got to help Africa I'm like where's the black people here like there's literally, no black people here literally that is the thing like I got recommended to this like diversity service for like people in the creative industry yeah someone's like cool you can talk to someone that like works there and I was thinking okay cool it'll be like a person of colour a black person and it was a white woman and I was just like oh what? like <laughs> you're running and then I was like oh right yeah like we're still actually like <laughs> This is not. This is just like the beginning of people yeah. really trying to be diverse because I feel like right now they're actually just trying to meet requirements. So they have their logistics like, oh, thirty yeah. percent of our team are people of color, but like, what levels are they in? Where are because they? Because all the people at the top are going to be white. So I was digging a bit about the design industry, right? Mm. So it's huge, and what I found interesting is that that the design industry actually hires a higher proportion of people from black, Asian and minority ethnic groups than the like wider UK economy. So wow. on average in the workplace, it's 11%. But designers, it's 13%. But the designers are least likely to be in senior roles. So okay. they only account for 12% of all design managers. So 88% of design managers are white, 7% are Asian and 2% are wow. black, African, Caribbean black british two percent crazy so even though you're like and i think you know i've got loads of friends who are designers or in that Mm -hmm. kind of world and you think oh cool yeah it's happening but actually getting to the top we're still kind of falling back back a lot yeah it's difficult like it's so i don't know i always say like with me and my friends i'm always just like you know what when we get to the top like 
things will be different. And I feel mm-hmm. like now, like anyone who's like I don't know below the age of like forty or thirty, yeah. I really hope that there will just be I know everyone says every generation but I actually hope there'll be more change like mm-hmm. now I'm just and I feel like with people creating their own spaces and like their own collectives and whatever yeah I think we'll be alright I feel like we always pull through yes <laughs> I've got hope I've got faith I like that hope. we do I do as well and it's and I guess you can see how much has changed in 5 years 10 years 20 yeah. years and you think okay it's only gonna keep snowballing and keep yeah. going and you're right people are doing big big things we can talk about that I want to talk about Black in Britain as well yeah but Let's go to some ads and we'll go to some music and then we'll carry on. I'm joined by Shah on Bringing It Black and we're here on Westside until 11pm tonight. Don't go anywhere. Bringing It Black. You're back with us. It's Bringing It Black here on Westside, the show we share, celebrate and collaborate with people just doing bits and doing good, good things in the black community. And today we've got someone who is really just shining a light and paving her own way in this here creative industry Shah is joined well I'm joined by Shah in the studio (laughs) (laughs) and she's a natural so it makes my life very very easy and um yeah it's been good we've been talking about your kind of experience so far your interest in animation from a very young age, mm. going against the grain a little bit maybe of what parents expected, but that is a recurring theme with every mm. single guest on the show. <laughs> it's like clockwork, but I love it. Um, you went and studied animation and now you're working as a runner at a TV production company. But we're saying how people hear TV and maybe think, oh, lights, cameras, mm-hmm. action. But actually, there's so much to it. Um, my friend does finance on movie sets oh yeah so she'll be like working she was working like on Matilda and I was like oh my god and then you know are you in you know with all the action and she's like oh no I collect the receipts at the end of each day (laughs) and you're like oh yeah someone has to do that yeah she's like I count the petty cash and I'm like oh my god I've done petty cash it's painful (laughs) over it (laughs) over it but we touched briefly on um a real desire for people to make their workspaces more diverse. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the past couple of years, there has just been a spotlight on that. And people have been pulling up their companies that they work for yeah. and saying, what are you doing? Either you're just moving a bit mad with the work you put out there or your staff aren't reflecting the general population or the people that you're serving. What I find crazy is like, it could be a black radio station and the managers are all white yeah. and the people who schedule the music are all white mm-hmm. and the people who do the socials are all, and it's like okay I get you know you're going to have diversity in some sense but the people that you're catering towards and the people that you're making money from are not the same as the people working there yeah and it's very very wild very wild now somewhere who actually had a real presence I guess outwardly uh, especially for black audiences, was Netflix, mm-hmm. right? So they had, what do you call it, little arms of different communities. And one of those was Strong Black Lead. And it was like social accounts that would really highlight new Netflix releases and existing shows and movies where we could see a strong black lead or we could see a really positive um, kind of portrayal mm-hmm. of black characters and black creativity. But this was like literally last week because we we're talking about it on the show, Netflix fired a load of employees including those who run those accounts yeah what was your kind of reaction when you saw that are you quite 
like a big follower I guess of like what Netflix is doing I mean because I follow a lot of creatives I saw a lot of a lot of people who had been fired were tweeting yeah and saying like what happened and that they didn't think it was fair and people were like looking for work on Twitter people who had worked and like when you work in the industry you hear Netflix and you're like oh that'd be so cool to work you're there you're safe and then the people who are at Netflix who look like me mm-hmm. just got cut and I'm like oh damn another thing another hurdle to worry about I guess does it make you think nowhere's that secure no is that stable yeah but I feel like I, I thought that anyway okay especially like you know like growing up like with the recessions and people like you see your parents losing their job and loads of people yeah. are always just in and out of work it's like especially now again and so it's not like shocking it's just a bit like oh that kind of sucks like especially because I think a lot of companies were trying to profit during like the BLM Mm -hmm. that 2020 summer when so many things were happening and people were suddenly like oh look at our black team look at our black this our black that and now it's dying down they want to cut all those things again yeah but it also just makes makes me like sort of like affirms me and I think a lot of my my peers that like we should just do our own stuff because like we're not going to get bored of us we're not going to we're not going to suddenly get bored of being black one day like we Mm -hmm. are black so it's it's a bit disheartening but also, I don't really have that thing anymore of like, I need the big name on my CV. I just kind of want to do what I want to do. The way you think is honestly the way that took me five years to do it. <laughs> oh my, it's like, because I think we're quite similar maybe with aspirations, you know, not in the mm. same field, but in the same kind of sense of you just want to do good work. You want to yeah. bring your people along. You want to explore your creativity. But it honestly took me five years because I attached the success to the name. Yeah. And the security of it. And yeah. then even now, things like, I know it's it's not that deep, but like, well, it is deep, but CBBC is like going to be taken Dude, off air. So, that was so sad. And I you, was a CBBC kid. Like, yes. we, didn't have, we didn't have Disney in that. And I was oh. so sad when I saw that. The way people at work are asking me about different um, Nickelodeon shows I watched as a kid, I'm like, I didn't have Nickelodeon. Yeah. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like, like we had Freeview yeah. when Freeview came out. But before that... One, two, three, four, five, and it was milkshake and CBBC. Milkshake. Yeah, <laughs> that raised me. But you think something like that is so secure and so solid. Yeah, that, and that's something my parents instill with me is get a job where you are, you're good. Yeah, and it's not gonna. They, you know, they don't like the thought of a startup or yeah. a new company. They want you to go and work for these big names because to them that seems secure. Yeah, and I think you know, you, I'm sure there's going to be lots of jobs cut from a channel like CBBC and mm-hmm. even Netflix it might be the biggest stream platform in the world but you are not safe Yeah, to me that freaks me out but I love your thinking <laughs> and your maturity of like if we make things for ourselves, then no one can pull the rug yeah. from under our feet um, in terms of companies trying to focus on diversity and equality mm-hmm. and equity and everything else have you had any experiences where you're like oh boy what are you doing this is a mess or leave not, me out of this not, not like specific things but just like something small like if there's a a question about a black show or a black character someone yeah. might just be like by the way what do you think of this yeah but it's like you're not gonna like i don't know pay me extra or bring me in as like an advisor you're just gonna ask me because i'm the black person that's here true and it it kind of feels like especially when you know like the other day like someone at work said to me um, oh, but you know, like when you're looking for jobs, like now, you know, it's kind of unfortunate, but people want diversity hires, so it's kind of good for you. Yeah. And I was thinking, that's so interesting that you see it that way because I don't see it that way. Like, no. 
recently there was like a job coming up on the show mm. and me and my cousin both like wanted this like role well she wanted the role and then we found out there was two openings for the role and both we were just like oh my god we should both go for it and then we kind of stopped and we were like they're not gonna hire two black people i really that was like your first yeah one. we were both mm. just like yeah that's just not gonna it's just not gonna happen it's, not it's like once they've got one they're good they're not really worrying about getting any more they're just like okay we've got a couple mm-hmm. so we were just like oh and like that's the reality even i think people have that thing of You've got you've got all this stuff going for you. Like, look at all the diversity hires. But like, there's only so many diversity hires, and there's there's a lot of us. True. So it, it's just a bit like, and it, it feels a bit like dehumanizing because it's just like, well, I'm not like just black. Like, it's a part of me. But if that's like the one thing you're going to be like, oh, like because she's black, it's yeah, a bit, yeah. it's like a bit reductive. It's like if they said, okay, we we have like four spots open for people called Adam. So everyone called Adam, like, come through, come through, and then someone gets hired, and they're like, yeah, you got hired because you're called Adam. You're like what about my skills there? Yeah. What about this? What about my hard work? Yeah. Like, great that I got hired because I'm called Adam, but mm-hmm. you don't want that to be the reason. Yeah. I've definitely had similar to you of, uh, they're running something past the team and mm-hmm. it's as if they're trying to ask everyone, but they've asked everyone and they're like, Mary, you haven't said anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mary, can you? And I purposely sometimes <laughs> I'll just like keep shtum and I'm yeah. like, even sometimes I speak up about it and it gets ignored. And then if there's backlash, it's again looking to you of like, well, we ran it past Mary. Yeah. It's like, well. Yeah, you feel like the spokesperson of like every yeah. black person ever and you're just like. Oh my gosh, do you know what one company wants, right? They had a new, uh, like, company-wide film that was going to be showcased at their big company mm. meeting and it was like a big company it was like 800 of us in the office oh, wow. so yeah it was like a big deal and they were like yes you're like part of our new campaign with a slogan called everyone's welcome or something like that and um they went do you know how they did this right whatever this uh like people and culture team was they went around our floor of the office and literally tapped us on the shoulder so it was me a black girl, a black guy, a gay guy. <gasps> Honestly, the way they they just were like, come, 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 come. Okay, come, come into this room. And we're like, okay, so we're in this room. We all just looking at each other like, what is this? They're like, we've just hand selected a couple of you because we really wanted to show you um, our new company film and we love your opinion. Oh and we've chosen God. you because we know you guys are going to be honest with us. You're going to be real with us. And we're like, okay. <laughs> they show us the film. We all like look at each other and all of us had a problem with it we all were like we don't like the language it was basically a bit like you me us we're all the same (laughs) and we were like oh it was so obvious it just felt it just felt really like disconnected and we all had a problem with it and gave our feedback and then we're like, well, it's too late now because the video's been signed off. So um, Don't kill me. We will be showing this in <laughs> meeting. But I'm glad we showed it to you guys first. And it was literally, like, they'd done it just to say they'd showed us. Yes, yeah. And we were like, what was the point? I'd actually yeah. rather have not seen it's like, it. They just want, like, the Leave me out approval, of it. But it's like, if you're honest, they don't want to hear it. And it's also like, isn't it so crazy that they made that with no input from the people that they were trying well, yeah, to make Yeah, where were we when you were doing the like, storyboard and coming up with the ideas? Mad. Could have saved yourself some time. It's just stuff like that where I'm yeah. like, you're wasting my time and I feel like I'm wasting your time. So mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. leave me out. Um, I do want to talk about as well the kind of positives yeah. um, of being in these creative spaces and feeling, may- well, I don't know how it is for you, but maybe feeling like you do have people who have your back yeah. because they know what it's like um, or they can really take you under their wing because they're like look come with me I'll show you the way Mm -hmm. do you feel like you've kind of got that um, with where you're working I know you're quite new there still Um, 
Not, not really, actually. Oh, I mean, no. do you know what? It's kind of because I'm. <laughs> I did animation, but I'm not working in animation in an animation space. So okay. everyone is literally so supportive, like so nice. Yeah. If I ask anything about animation, they'll be like, "Oh my god, I know someone here, I know someone there." Good. But that only goes so far because they're in live action TV. Okay. And so I appreciate the help. I those people are just so lovely. Yeah. But I feel like I get that support from people who are like my peers like my friends Your friends yeah I feel like everyone is so I feel like I'm always just gassing my friends but I'm just so proud of everyone like everyone is just mm. doing like what they want to do like yeah one of my best friends Owen like he has a podcast and like he's just doing his thing and he's started presenting this show recently yeah and someone like staff who you know like yeah. doing all these different things photography casting and I feel like that's where that's where that support comes in because like people will always collab with each other if you know someone who's made clothes and they need a model you'll go do it for free because you know that one day if you ask them for something yeah you know you'll just help each other Goes around, it comes yeah back. you yeah. just want to see people succeed so i feel like that's honestly what keeps me like sane and going because mm. i like at least i'm coming up with like these people that's nice yeah do you feel like that's a bit of a gen z thing or has the pandemic maybe I don't brought know. you a bit closer I don't, I don't know I don't know I guess I can't I can't really know what Any it's different. like like for other generations but I think it's just that thing of of like wanting to find community like a lot of me and my friends are like first generation yeah like when you're in school you, you tend to just join together and then I feel like you kind of like you find your general group of people and then it like keeps narrowing down like yeah you realise okay I'm a creative well then you realise you're this you're that and then it kind of just comes together and I, I think it's just a natural thing it's like yeah, yeah. who you're friends with who you like I'm glad yeah. you've got your people I think that's really yeah, important I love my people man and they get it as well and I think as even with friendship it's knowing sometimes your availability doesn't yeah. look like if you had a, a different kind of job in yeah. a different in, a, um, industry and sometimes you know if you're a bit tired or emotionally drained like it's nice to have people who get it a little yeah. bit yeah yeah and also people who know like how scary it is because like yeah everyone's doing well but also we're all kind of struggling like <laughs> and like winging it yeah I guess. everyone's yeah. just like honestly like on vibes especially so many of us are creatives and that's a lot of freelance and mm. like freelance and these jobs that are in the creative industry you're not in like a, a I don't know like a two year contract you're going to be there for like a four month project and then you're going to go yeah and a lot of us are like trying to move out it's people have bills nice. to pay yeah. and then it's like kind of that it's like you're you're just scrambling it feels like some people are just we're just like trying to make it to like the next <laughs> next payday. Yeah, no, completely. I think I found a lot of comfort in um, knowing not, knowing I'm not the only one, and yeah. knowing just learning other people's techniques of like how do you make it work, how yeah. do you stay positive, and yeah. yeah, we're all winging it, and we're a bit older, and sometimes I look around and it's friends who are doing the biggest, most like shiny, it looks like the most exciting things, and I'm like, okay, like tell me your secrets, and they're like, babes. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. And I just wake up each day and I just pray and I just wish that it goes well. And somehow it does. And I keep it moving. And I have so much respect for them because that yeah. takes huge amounts of courage. And you have to have faith in yourself, right? Yeah, you do. All faith. Because there might be people around you who are like doubting it. <laughs> yeah, you read. Really I feel like I'm one of the doubters sometimes. I'm just no. like, I actually don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But at the same time, I know that like I'm young like I'm literally just out of uni I, sh yeah. I don't need to know what I'm doing but I'm like it'd be nice to know <laughs> yeah. sometimes this day's work just be, a little bit of guidance it'd be nice <laughs> um, I'm gonna play a song and this is a tune that we danced to you reminded me today because you posted it on your stories <gasps> it's when we were partying me, you, staff and Lamar 
Yeah, I'm a main one. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, Whitney, and she's just always a vibe. And music really helps me as well when I'm doubting myself or oh. thinking, babes, why don't you just become a teacher? I'm like, no. I stick a playlist <laughs> on, and I'm like, also musicians, they're creatives. They all like yeah. stuck their neck out and yeah. just did something different. So we love it. It's vibes. Bringing it back. Okay, so people really do bits and sometimes they create their own projects and do their own things because either they notice there's a gap in the market or a space that isn't being filled or it's not being done very well. Mm -hmm. Do you ever look at things maybe in your industry and you're like, I could do that better? (laughs) Not really. Not really, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Honestly, no. I mean, in animation, no, I always just think like, oh, I wish I was more colour in this. I wish there was more diversity in this. But yeah, that's pretty much it because... When I create, I create what I know, like, most of the stuff I draw is, like, black characters and whatever. Yeah. But it just, it's what it is. Do you follow that girl on Twitter? I have no idea of her name, but she does the curl brushes. Yes. Oh, my God. She's amazing. amazing. And she's quite young. Yeah. She's, like, 17, I think. I'd love to know her yeah, name. Yeah, she's <laughs> amazing. Oh, my God, I cannot think of the name, but... Yeah, I'll she, find her on Twitter. I'll yeah, really she's sick. Her. She made, like, her own brushes for drawing like you have brushes you can buy on like photoshop and she made these ones specifically textured for black hair yeah and you can do like braids and afro textured hair and it was one of those things where it's like oh yeah like there's nothing for us like sometimes you don't even realize that that never existed because exactly yeah you even on like procreate and stuff i use that on my ipad Mm -hmm. and you have hair strands but you just take it as standard that the hair strands are obviously like fine straight hair yeah yeah that's the hair strands Sometimes Literally. you don't even question it. Yeah. And then, yeah, when I saw her, I found her on Twitter or whatever, and I just saw she was making these brushes, but she was getting, like, her friends and her family members' hair, and she was getting, like, all these strands. Amazing. And recreating it and recreating, like, locks and edges. Yeah. And I was like, wow. It's so beautiful. Like, you don't, even, you don't even think, like, oh, yeah, there is no brush for, like, our hair texture. I'm always just there, like, drawing every single little... <laughs> and well, I'm like oh wow this is so cool but yeah she's she's that's, so sick that's pretty cool I like that what you said like yeah you wish there was kind of more colour in those spaces and yeah. in animation is there something that you think if you could wave a magic wand in animation mm. and be like this is standard or this is what everyone does or is there something you would you could just change with like one one <sighs> swish of a wand <laughs> Do you know what? Probably just the diversity thing. Like, yeah. I feel like, especially in animation, mm-hmm. any creative media, but it's like you're so unlimited in what you can do. Yeah. And it's like you could have a show with like a talking burger, but you won't have like a black main character. Because they say it's not realistic or it's Yeah. Not- and you see like everywhere people are saying, like, oh, Game of Thrones is not realistic. I'm like, there's actually a dragon. Like, what are you talking Like, what are you actually it's talking actually about? It's actually not but, yeah. real. Yeah. And I just wish I was, and when I see it, when I see the effect, that's what yeah. really gets me. I feel like what what keeps me like going there's also like inspirational but like it's honestly like the younger generation like my younger brother my younger cousins okay my younger brother really loved the show Craig of the Creek which was on Cartoon Network I'm not heard of it and it's literally just this black boy and his friends and they go on these little adventures and like it's so cool but he I remember him watching it for the first time he was like oh my god he looks like me it's like this little black boy and like he was dark skin as well and I was like yeah. this is so like I wish I had this when I was growing up because okay. looking back if I think of animation I can't think of like a like a black and yeah like the proud family maybe but yeah 
in terms of like even like British TV, it's like what black animated show can no. I even think of off the top of my head? It is, yeah, yeah, it's so true, and it's sometimes it's even like oh, it's the side character or the sidekick, yeah. and you're like, oh, I don't yeah, know, it's not really. You know I, sometimes I feel like maybe it's just me, but. Do you remember like there was more diversity when we were younger? We had things like Kaching. Ching. I was literally like, gonna say Kaching. All those shows. I feel like actually there was a lot more there was a lot more things on TV when we were younger. Yeah. Sometimes I think as well, you don't realise that's why you like a show. Yeah. So when you're a kid. Yeah. So we yeah, me and my sister would never miss Kaching. We yeah. loved Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. We loved mm-hmm. um what's the one where they had the radio station? I bet Gus is going to come in in a second and tell me what it was called. But it was kind of like the older version of Kaching. It was after oh. it. And this guy set up a radio station in his bedroom, like a pirate station. Uh-huh. And yeah, he, I think he was mixed and like a lot of the characters, they were white, but they were black or yeah. whatever. And it was just a lot more, felt a lot more real. Yeah. And I don't think me and my sister would ever think, or me and my mates would ever think, we like this show because they're brown. Yeah, yeah. It's just... You you like it and you vibe with it yeah. and you think this is different from Tracy Beaker. Yeah, literally, that was yeah. It's, it's, it was nice to have like I mean didn't have a lot of it, but at least it was there. Something, yeah. And to see my brother get more of it, okay, it just makes me feel like oh, sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, let me just go into a different industry and not have to worry about all this. Yeah. But then I'm just like looking at how my little cousin looks at a black character and I'm like, you know what? Let me just stick at it and just make this stuff for them because I love that. Yeah. I we need that. Yeah. Everyone needs their, their their purpose, even if it's not always that deep and meaningful. Yeah. Everyone needs that little spark of oh, that keeps me going. But the mm-hmm. fact that yours is very purpose driven and it is very important, yeah. and very meaningful. Um, I think that's great. What can you uh, like picture in your mind? I guess of of a big thing that you'd work on that you'd think, yeah, this is totally me. This totally. Like, I really want to do a stop motion film one day. Okay, like a full. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not like a massive like hour long film, but. I really loved stop motion when I was younger. Really? But it's not like a big thing at a lot of unis. Like mm-hmm. when I picked unis, I had to, I picked somewhere that didn't really do it, even though I loved it because it just wasn't offered at that many places. Yeah. But I really want to get into something like that. Oh, I like yeah. that. Okay. With what, like kind of realistic characters or? Probably like, I actually don't know yet. I just know I want it to be stop motion. Okay. Like, love me some Coraline and like all those You just things. have patience. Yeah, I, yeah, honestly, I love it. Really? And there was this thing on the Nintendo DS called Flipnote and you could make like little animations and stuff and you could do animations like stop motion on the camera. Okay. And I used to sit there like at my kitchen table for hours yeah. moving like oranges past the, the DS and yeah. like, eventually I could play it back and it looked like it moved and I thought that was so cool. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that DS with the little camera like in yeah. the middle. And that tiny and little I'd screen. There, I'd be there, like, moving it inch by inch and then taking the pictures. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so would you want to be the person who's actually ma- moving the things or do you want to be, like, directing it? I think I'd want to be moving the things. But mm. when I left uni, actually, on the last day, my lecturer was like to me, um, he was like, you have a really beautiful way of storytelling. Have you ever thought about being a director? Because I can really see that for you. And it, never in my life did it even cross my mind. Did you say this was at the end of your degree? At the end. He, he said at the end, on the last, literally after I showed my final film. Oh, my God. He was like... <laughs> I see you as a director, and now yeah. and then I was like, oh man, because you know what? I actually really do like telling stories, but I don't know. Right now, I don't know because I I still want to I want to move the characters as well, but okay, maybe also have input on like how the story is told. You want to so be hands see. on, yeah. But do you know what? There's space for everything. I'm just in. I'm just in. I just want to be in everything. <laughs> no, I like that. There's space for everything as well, and I guess it's knowing when's the right time to do certain things because yeah. even someone like like Reggie Yates, right? Mm-hmm. So we had him on the show. He spent his whole life like acting and then presenting mm-hmm. and then doing radio 
And then it wasn't until a couple of years later, he's like, actually, it's the filmmaking, it's the directing, it's yeah. the screenwriting that you're like, oh, mad, because you, you had a whole career that most people would take a lifetime, you know, if mm-hmm. that, to do. And you get to a point where he said, sorry, I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but he was always like, I wanted to get more into how people were feeling, right? So he would be mm. sitting and interviewing One Direction and he would be given the questions, okay, you have to ask them, how's tour been? Mm-hmm. Are you excited for your new single? What's the best bit about the latest video? Whatever. And he was like, I know I'm sitting opposite a 17-year-old who yeah. has got more money than has ever dreamed of, surrounded by girls, but also hasn't had a moment to themselves in five years or whatever. And he's like, I can't just ask them these like, vapid questions and then he said he had like a light bulb moment and he had to leave and I just find it so interesting like career wise to be like okay let me just go do something Mm -hmm. completely different and I think for someone like you and I guess a lot of people your generation and my generation it is that feeling of you can stop something and you can start something different yeah or you can go the complete opposite way or you can do something for a bit and then decide don't like it and go somewhere else. It's yeah. not be a teacher and be a teacher forever. But if you want to be a teacher forever, then also props to you because that's blooming amazing. Mm-hmm. I just find it interesting. Right. People creating their own thing. So we've yeah. heard about what you would do, you know, if time, money, nothing was an issue. She would be in her little stop motion studio, yeah. <laughs> moving oranges and moving um, <laughs> characters. But who are you inspired by that kind of does their own thing in the creative industries? Honestly, Staffy Samaki, he's one of my best friends ever because I feel like she doesn't even deep it, but that whole thing of changing and doing what you want, like Staff was a photographer for a while, like, it makes it sound like we're so old, but you know, like... (laughs) She has done her time. She's been through it. No, but like she was, from when she was like in school, like, I think she started doing photography when she was around like 15 maybe. Yeah. And then recently she kind of realised like she wanted to like do casting stuff and she just sort of changed into that. She did it. And I was like, that's amazing like yeah that, that's actually so cool that you can just do that and even like starting black in britain i think is just amazing but stuff like that makes me just want to do whatever what's her kind of well not day to day but black in britain does so much like yeah. covering different cultural events talking mm. about music and just shining a spotlight on things that are going on for black yeah. communities in britain <laughs> but how does that kind of i guess all come together because you work on black in britain as well yeah do you are you guys quite formal in how you work? Obviously, you two are friends, but mm-hmm. do you know how do you make sure that things get done, but I mean, it doesn't feel like treacherous? Staff, staff is like the full driving force. Like yes. that is like her her baby, like her mm-hmm. child. So she's like naturally she's always black and Britain was just honestly about staff just having a place to put her thoughts. Like I I don't yeah. think she intended for it to be some big statement. It was just like oh this is stuff I like to talk about. She loves the cinema. She loves yeah. looking at new work and so I think it comes naturally to her she's recently she's loving theatre yes and so there's a, there's been a lot theater about theatre shows like, yeah then also then it makes people think like oh as black people do we see ourselves a lot in theatre do we have the chances to go and like mm-hmm. those kind of things so it's honestly it's just mainly stuff and then yeah. if we want to collab on something if I want to write something be like hey we should write about this thing or yeah we'll go watch something together or go to an event together and it's just so nice and I like props to her as well, because like in the pandemic, I was finding it really hard to connect with um, other people and platforms. Mm. And especially when every, suddenly everyone was like, I've got a black book club and I've got a black this and I've got a black, you know, yeah. film club. And, and you kind of would, I think I was kind of losing track of what's genuine and what's yeah. people just popping up out of like panic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Black and Britain has actually just remained so stable and so yeah. like 
you know it doesn't feel like something that's just in your face and then it's gone and that actually like makes me nervous sometimes when people set up things I think it's great Mm -hmm. but it makes me nervous because I think okay I'm invested and then a month later they've not posted yeah not that people should have to but you know what I mean they disappear people say I'm starting a YouTube channel and then it has momentum and then it just disappears and sometimes you do feel like let down a bit yeah and I think um I don't know, Black in Britain always, you know, posts my things or shares my stuff. And I think that's so important, I guess, as creators for us to remember that if you're going to start something and tell the world and build momentum, then have a bit of intention of sustaining it. Yeah. I think for your own sake. Well, if you're going to start something, do it because you want to do it, not because like, oh, it's popular right now. True. Because a lot of things, a lot of black this and black that died out after 2020 and you never heard from them again but for black real? and Britain, I think that's why it lasted because staff just started it just she did a project a photography like a zine she made a zine actually yeah called black girls just literally about photographing black girls talking to them and then yeah. she was just like oh i want to like have a space for my stuff and then it kind of just grew and i think it's it became it's like a i don't know it's own like entity it was because of that 2020 like blm stuff mm. because people were scrambling to follow black pages to prove a point. My feet. Like, the people that like started following black in britain one day i was like staff why do we have eleven thousand followers on the page like yeah. what happened was and it then, a big jump yeah it was a massive jump yeah but I, th- I think that was happening a lot even someone like me i'm not like a social media person i'm not an influencer but the way my story views jumped up please i was getting messages left and right i was thinking so all these times when i've been sharing art when i've been sharing me just having fun no one wants to listen now we're talking about black pain now you're all here here. isn't it crazy and like (laughs) the way that the dms as well were messy because people were scrambling celebrities the funniest thing for me is like the celebrities i wanted to out people because they weren't doing anything wrong but they were just like hi just wanted to let you know i'm really support you oh i hated that stuff i'm thinking of you okay why are you thinking of me like thinking stop Stop thinking (laughs) if you're not sending if you're not sending people money then just i think your mouth closed like here's my paper (laughs) yeah here yeah here's the link and leave it at that literally oh my gosh it makes me laugh right i want to play some kendrick have you been listening to this new album no, I actually haven't, oh. you know. I'm so sorry. Okay, homework, homework, <laughs> homework for this week. Uh, this song's called Die Hard. Bringing it the track is called Die Hard. It's by Kendrick Lamar. It's off his latest album. And we've just been discussing it, right? Because it can't have even been three weeks since the album's out, right? Yeah. And the way people do flock either to Twitter or wherever and say, what's your favourite song? Uh, how I feel about this track and what's wrong mm-hmm. with this track? And sometimes it's a bit mad and so we were talking I'm with Shah in the studio and we were talking about how as creatives you put a lot of work into a project yeah blood sweat tears time energy everything then it's out in the world sometimes people just are asking about the next thing literally have you experienced that yourself yeah, I feel like not not like actually I'm not like some massive artist. People are like, where's your work? But you feel <laughs> it the was pressure. Kendrick's album, and then it's just like we're on par. You feel the pressure though, like yeah. especially with like posting like artwork or posting animations. Yeah, you post, let's say on Twitter, you have about two days for okay. that to be like doing well. Yeah, and after that, unless it's going viral, it's kind of like stopping. Mm. And it's like you spent so long, and then you finally put it out, and then you just feel like damn I should put something out again yeah recently I have not been posting as much as I used to but then I'm just like I'm actually full-time working yeah yeah. and doing other stuff on the sides I'm just like I shouldn't have that much I shouldn't feel that much pressure and these people who demand stuff from us are usually not the ones 
paying our bills yeah. or buying art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that one. Literally, people are always like, you should make this, make prints of this, make this. And I'm like, yeah. but you didn't buy it last time. So, so like, what you, are you talking about? Yeah, well, we rewind. Why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? <laughs> it's really interesting, isn't it? And I, do you ever, I mean, maybe this is like a bit random. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think that other people think that having a certain number on something, say you tweeted something and it got 100 likes, yep. or say yep. on Instagram you have 5,000 followers, some people seem to think this equates to money, like yep. just somehow logistically. And I know on social platforms there's ways to buy stickers and whatever, mm-hmm. and ways to earn money, but there's no kind of guarantee that by having a certain number of likes or a certain number of views or a certain number of followers that some magical god of Instagram yep. deposits money in your bank account. I know. People, I don't think people understand at all. If you're someone who is creative or does anything online that gets you followers, I don't think people deep it. Like, I know this artist who, her work went viral and then people were like, sell prints, sell prints. Like, it went viral on Twitter and then she put out prints and, like, people were just no, not buying. No one bought them. And it was just this thing and it's like this whole conversation about, like, how do like like how do you convert likes to anything in the world and I think you honestly can't no like I don't think it counts for much really unless you're like a an influence on your job is to get the likes but even then like I have a friend who does TikTok yeah and it's like it's not about who sees it it's about like your brand deals and like yeah I feel that's just a lot that's the same for like a lot of creatives completely because the brand doesn't want to pay you until they see results exactly. and their results are usually going to be sales so yeah. if you don't sell that print or that t-shirt or whatever yeah. then it's not worth it to them you could have the most viral video in the world but if, if it's not making someone money you're mm-hmm. not going to be getting paid at the end of it um there was also an influencer this is like a couple of years ago she had a million followers and she posted about um starting up a fashion brand mm-hmm. not even a brand like a t-shirt i know i remember this and yeah. then however many weeks later she said mm-hmm. i can't fulfill the orders because we didn't meet our minimum requirement and the minimum requirement was 35 t-shirts a million followers and she couldn't sell 35 t-shirts and that is no shame to her yeah it's but just it's crazy just, i think is a bigger picture yeah. like seeing the bigger picture of like guys these numbers don't mean anything if you're not engaged mm-hmm. with people and you don't give people a reason to want this or create a story around it or whatever yeah. people just don't hand over their money for nothing anymore especially when everyone's broke literally and also it depends like what they followed you for sometimes you'll follow someone because like you think they look cool and then they'll be like buy a shirt and you're like no no <laughs> Why would I buy a shirt from you? I literally am just here because I like your aesthetic or yeah. I like the vibes. Yeah. Also, I'm trying to like really be more conscious about who I follow because okay. I don't want to just like be fo- I feel like before, like when you're younger especially, you just follow literally anyone anything and moves. anything that looks cool. Yeah. But now I'm just like trying to be more deliberate with like what I can see, especially with like constructing your own virtual world. Like I want to see things that make me happy and yeah. things that are cool. So I, I like that. Funny. And how do you do that? How do you like filter that out a little bit? I just... I just honestly just follow people that I like if I see an artist. But even like if you see an if I see like a cool artist I like, I like vet their tweets first. Okay. Because sometimes you follow someone because like they drew a cool picture and then suddenly they're like saying some mad stuff yeah. and you're like, oh. They're so wayward. I, I just followed you for the pictures. Yeah. Like, I feel like you have to just. Shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's, that's the only thing you can really do. Yeah. Yeah. Just vet them out. That makes a lot of sense. And when we're talking about that kind of. Um, making money from your art or making Mm -hmm. it make sense to you because your motivation might not be money but Mm -hmm. like we know we all have to pay the bills and we deserve to be paid for the work we put in do you think you have a certain type of approach or maybe an approach you'd like to take in the future 
to make money from what you do, but make sure it doesn't, you know, take over the creativity. Mm, that was I, an unnecessarily deep question, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it's just about taking on stuff that you like. Like I have, mm-hmm. I have like a group chat on Twitter of like just me and other black artists, and we talk about things like if someone has a commission, they're like, guys, do you think this is a good price to charge? And people will be like, bump your prices up. Oh, nice. Yeah. If you don't like, a, I feel like recently. Also, if you don't like a commission, don't do it. Like, don't. It's not worth it. Because it, I have done commissions that I don't like, and it feels like you're at school. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like the most grueling process in the world. So, I think, hopefully, as do you know what? And also, if I do what I like, and hopefully, whatever that is, I do. If I get good off that, people will want me to do more of it. Yeah, I won't just be doing random stuff for people I like things I don't like. I guess it's also like creating that boundary within yourself because once you start telling the world I take on these projects you definitely get more of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's difficult it's like scary to like to be like not have that imposter syndrome and be like okay this is what I want to do don't hit me off if you don't want this like I struggle so much with pricing Yeah. like I know I charge less than I should but sometimes I just I feel so I feel like because I'm not like some big fancy artist I'm just like oh should I really charge this much but like you should and the thing is yeah. more time people if they want your services they will pay it and if they don't want to pay then just leave it they weren't the right person yeah. anyway do you think like I saw something about imposter syndrome like it's mm-hmm. uh, the word we're not the word we're looking for isn't imposter syndrome especially as black people it's just that these spaces weren't ever designed for us oh, we're not and we're not feeling like oh no but yeah. it could never be me actually the system that we're trying to insert ourselves in was never designed for you was never designed for me yeah. and that's why you do get a feeling of oh my gosh no I shouldn't be charging that mm-hmm. and it's when I think sometimes when you find your secure places sometimes yeah the system still wasn't built for you yeah but it starts to make a bit more sense yeah and the money thing as well like money mindset people in black communities generally have a completely different money mindset from mm-hmm. a lot of our non-black peers because mm-hmm. It's sometimes coming from a place of scarcity or it's coming from a place of yeah. fear and insecurity and we need to hold on to every single penny because you never know when the next one's coming. Yeah. And obviously it's not the same for everyone, but it it has a knock-on effect yeah. uh, into what you do. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's just important to to just, like, know your worth. I feel like people say that a lot, but, yeah. like, know your worth financially. Like, as mm-hmm. a creative, like like, just don't try and like steer away from like free things like sometimes people put stuff out like I think recently Billie Eilish collabed with so and so to do like oh send in your designs for this new thing and then you have thousands of people submitting designs not being paid for their work also signing away the rights to their work and not realising it because they're just thinking oh my god if I win this will be so cool but so many people won't win but it's like stuff like that like stay away yeah yeah that's very that's a bit off for them to yeah, do yeah it's a, it's like a common thing like all of these mm. competitions and in reality it's not really serving you yeah but i think in terms of free work if it's of course with your peers or whatever yeah then yeah fair enough but anything other than that like just don't do it and where do you kind of find the work that aligns with you and also pays and also yeah. is stuff that you enjoy because a lot of people kind of come to me of like, how do you find these things? Yeah. Or even the stuff I share, like opportunities come my way and I think it's not for me, but I'll share it. Mm-hmm. They're like, but how did you find it? Yeah. I think people, I'm lucky in the sense of like people have like reached out like an animated, a, vis- um, a visualizer, I yeah. can say that word properly, for um, Bina, who's like an artist. And I really like her music. And then her management just messaged me. They're like, hey, we saw you animate. Like, do you want to animate this thing for us? I love that. And like, that was so... That was so, like, I felt so 
lucky to be able to work on something for like a black artist on a song that I love. Yeah. Like it was the song's called Mercedes the Hades. If Hell anyone yeah. wants to listen to it. Yeah. But, I'm yeah. gonna get it on for next week's show. Yeah, it was Send yeah, me her that was people. so yeah, that was so that was so cool. And I, yeah. I luckily I got reached I you know, they messaged me first. What other stuff it's like if you follow the things that you like, like there's this magazine called like AZ Mag. They're mm. like a queer magazine and then they said that they were looking for illustrators and I just emailed and then like recently I, I illustrated a piece for them. Someone did an article and then I illustrated yeah. that piece and so it's like that's stuff that I really like and I'm proud of that it's there online. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's your name's attached to it and you never know who's going to see yeah. that next thing. Also A, A to Z Mag, I remember when that started like oh, really? a couple of years ago. Yeah. And they reached out and they were like looking for writers mm. for it and I was like really intrigued I think I went to an event or something that was years ago yeah and again that was in a time when a lot of people started stuff mm. and didn't see it through so every time I see those things you know they push through and I'm sure there's a lot of challenges along the way but you're like props to you because mm-hmm. I saw you when you had one follower on your Facebook page or whatever literally and people it is that real thing of like what's your reason for doing it and do something you enjoy. Yeah. And then you'll just like carry on. Yeah, definitely. I love it. I love it. I've really enjoyed speaking to you tonight. It's been so easy, breezy, it's beautiful so cover girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like we could we could talk for days about this. And I know mm-hmm. it's something that there's, there definitely needs to be more of a space, I guess, for black creatives to just be able to chat about their work and for it to not always be like, this is what sucks and this is what's yeah. hard. And actually just sometimes these are the interesting things about yeah. it. And um these are the things that I think, yeah, 15-year-old you would have loved to hear, 15-year-old me would have loved mm-hmm. to hear. So it's super useful. Tell the people where to find you on the socials if they want to connect with you and see what you're up to and see oh, some of your cool. work. Okay, my Instagram, my personal Instagram is Charlula, S-H-A-R-L-O-O-L-A. There we go. Yep. <laughs> and same as my Twitter. And my art oh. Instagram is the same thing, just add an RT at the end, so it's Charlulart. But yeah, on my Twitter it's everything's mixed together but yeah amazing and i've tagged you on the uh, on the socials so if you guys follow me then you'll be able to follow Shah, and it's just easy easy like that um before we bounce tell me like something you're excited to do this summer or something you're looking forward to Ooh. honestly you just go with my friends yeah just go with my friends and enjoy the sun because it's been too damn cold i know too cold it's been too cold but i'm so excited tomorrow is june can you believe it oh my, my birthday's next week is it yeah, what Wednesday, day on the 8th Oh my God, happy birthday for that. Thanks. Girl, okay, it's been so, so fun. We'll definitely have to get you back in soon. And I hope to yes. see you out and about this summer uh, in the sunshine, swaying those little butt <laughs> braids in the sunshine. Um, I'm here for it. Right, Sha, you've been a gem. Let's get some Usher on for you on your request. Bringing it Proper getting into our feels. It's Ben, it's Usher, it's bringing it black. Shah has been amazing. Stick around because I'm with you for the next 20 minutes of the show. It's gonna burn for me to say this. 